onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 7 Gods Among Men Chuck brushed sweat-matted strands of black hair from his face as he slipped his punch card into the pneumatic reader, and it gave out a hearty clunk as it marked his time for the day. The card itself was dense plastic, a byproduct of industrial waste from one of the many chemical processes of Zahn's foundries. He had hated the thing at first. It had the oddest, greasy texture to it that he found vaguely disquieting. Eventually, though, he realized that almost everything in Zahn had that texture. Everything was made from reclaimed materials, because, frankly speaking, what other choice was there? Plastic was used, discarded, scavenged, reshaped, and reused over and over and over again. The same held true of almost every scrap of metal. One man's trash was every Zahnite's treasure. That had taken some getting used to. Noxians did not reuse, not really. No, they melted down enemy weapons and armor for reforging and took enemy fastnesses with only moderate changes applied. But the truth was that Noxus was deeply consumptive. There was always a replacement, after all. Why try and fix something when you could just get a new one? That wasn't an option in Zahn most of the time, and even when it was, there were far more valuable things to spend coin and barter goods on than a replacement for something you could just as easily have fixed if you'd taken the time. And so everything had that slightly greasy feel that was part of the reprocessing, and Chuck had learned to appreciate it for what it was, evidence of eminent practicality. That appealed to the Noxian in him. A hand clapped against his back, making him jump, and Chuck turned to find Rana standing behind him. She was a tall, muscular Salaki woman, one of the many immigrants from Bilgewater who were displaced during the fortune coup that had happened some years ago. She was also the co-worker that he interacted the most with since she shared her security shift with him in the transport bay. Rana was easily a head taller than he was, wearing a red belted tunic over her pale sea-storm green skin, whose color was disrupted only by the darkened patterns common to her people. Like all Salaki, she was bald, save for the fin, hers was crimson, that rose along her brow, across her scalp, and down to the base of her skull. A few months ago, her presence would have made him uneasy, but working in close proximity to her for a few months had taught him better. Rana had a wicked sense of humor as well as a strong, protective streak. When they went out drinking, no one bothered him because she would chase them off. Best of all, she was a singing shark, and he had acquired more than a few fond memories of nights spent caterwauling to one of the dozen bilgewater shanties she taught him one or seven too many drinks in after a long shift. Heading home, Rana asked through a shark-toothed grin, her words underpinned by the burr of her bilger accent. Yes, I am. Chuck replied as he pocketed his time card. Billowa is several tram stops away, so I need to get moving. She braced her arm against the wall over his head and leaned in. My place is closer. Why not come home with me? I'm sure we can find something to do to pass the time. Make more music, perhaps. That is tempting, Chuck said weakly. But truthfully, I have obligations. Billowa is in the middle of being rebuilt, or the next best thing. 
Jinx is tearing up half the pipework in the area, and I'm helping with the plans. Rana shook her head. No rest for the wicked, as they say in Noxus, hmm? She clamped her hand on his arm. I've always wanted to visit Bilawa, though. Mind if I tag along? Oh, um, I, I suppose not, Chuck said with a faint smile. Perhaps you can introduce me to the legendary Loose Cannon, though, Rana said, still grinning. I'm sure she'll make herself known without my help, Chuck replied. Her bark of a laugh was endearing, but Chuck couldn't help but worry that she had taken his statement as a jest. It was not. Jinx had the unsettling tendency to appear and disappear, seemingly at will and entirely without warning. More than once he had woken up to her looming over his bed, with those eerie chemical pink eyes of hers. The first time it had happened, he had nearly died of fright. It turned out she simply wanted his opinion on a box of Ionian tea she had acquired from some less-than-reputable vendor before she gave it to Lux. Food usually ended up being the reason for her semi-random visits, since, near as Chuck could figure, she couldn't taste most things. The tea, as it turned out, was cut with a chalky substance of cheap flavoring, and last Chuck had heard. Jinx had tracked down the vendor and thrown him off a cliff. "'You're a funny man, Chuck,' Rana said as she punched out, pocketed her own time card, and threw an arm over his shoulder. Thank you. I have to admit, I didn't expect so much would change by coming to Zahn, Chuck admitted. Hmm. I've never been to Noxus, but from what you have told me, I don't think I would enjoy it, Rana said. Too many rules and uh, too much intrigue. I would probably end up as somebody's leg breaker. Probably, Chuck said with a small laugh. You'd be an excellent leg breaker, though, I think. Now you're just flirting. Rana flashed a smile that was mostly teeth. I'm not nearly brave enough for that, Chunk said. Brave enough to leave your home with a madwoman and travel with her to Zon, Rana said. Chuck laughed a bit weakly. You give me far too much credit, Rana. Jinx probably would have killed me if I hadn't helped her get back home. Probably, Rana agreed. But she didn't, and you survived. Survival equals strength. Let no one tell you different. There is no strength in death. Death is death, nothing more. Another thing that had become a mainstay of his new life were all the new ideas. Noxus prided itself on being a melting pot of different nations freed from the monarchical yoke of kings and emperors. But the truth was that Noxian culture was Noxian. Here, though, Zon was a true melting pot. It was messy and flashy and filled with contentious ideas and different ways of life that clashed and came together in the most amazing ways. Rana's uniquely Salaki point of view was interesting. What about honor? Chuck asked as they walked to the tram. What about dying for something greater than yourself? Rana hummed thoughtfully at that, and Chuck watched her as she considered his counterpoint— the way the neon light of the city played off her strangely scaled skin was appealing. It wasn't something he'd ever imagined before. The truth was that Rana was beautiful, stunning even, far more beautiful than any of the Noxian girls he'd met. Rana was powerful, self-assured, and blunt, and for whatever reason, she seemed to enjoy his company. That last part, above all, didn't make any sense to him. She was incredible, and he was, well, he was Chuck. I think honor is just an excuse to be lazy, Rana said finally, and Chuck sputtered. Lazy? 
He laughed as they came to stop at the tram station, and Rana let out her harsh bark of a laugh as she nodded and Chuck said, How is holding yourself to a code of honor lazy? The tram rumbled into place, and Rana shrugged as she stepped inside, shouldering someone out of the way to make room for Chuck, who accepted the silent offer of aid. Dig up the graves of your ancestors and ask of their bones what honor bought them beneath the waves. Rana said more quietly than Chuck had ever heard her speak. Honor is a word for those looking for a reason to die. They will not rack them with guilt for their weakness and their failure. Honor is a word, and nothing more. You cannot eat it, nor can you shield your mate with it, nor kill your foe with it. Chuck stared up at her, letting her tangents sink in. Clearly that had been a sensitive topic, and Rana seemed to sense the punctured mood as she turned to look at him, offering him a wan smile as she did. Apologies, Chuck, I have certain feelings about honor, she said. So I gathered, he replied. Do you wish to talk about it? Not here. Fair enough. Following a nameless instinct, Chuck moved a little closer to Rana, reached out, and took her hand. Surprisingly, she did not pull away. Rather, she twined her fingers with his and squeezed just slightly. Beyond that, she did not acknowledge it. He hadn't expected her to. They swapped tram rails four times before finally reaching the station nearest to Bilawa. The labyrinth and nature of Zon would have been daunting to anyone not native to the strange city, and indeed it had been quite daunting to Chuck when he'd first arrived. Truthfully, it still was. The city was massive, far larger than it had any right to be. Built vertically as it was, its size was deceptive. He had gotten used to the local routes between Bilawa and the Glasgary ward where he worked, but thinking about how big the damn city truly was made his head hurt. Stepping off the tram, Chuck took the opportunity to stretch his cramped limbs. That last trip had taken the better part of half an hour. Rana did the same, cracking her neck back and forth before nodding to Chuck to take the lead. Have you ever been to Biloa? he asked. I haven't, actually, she admitted. No reason to, to be honest. Prior to Jinx's de facto acquisition of the place, Chuck's impression was that Biloa had been little more than just a slightly safer from Piltover Haven. It was deep in the bowels of Zaun so the enforcers rarely ever came there, but by that same token, it was also far from anything worthwhile. Zon's own equivalent of a backwater, if he were to put a word to it. So how well do you know Jinx? Rana asked. I don't really know how to answer that, Chuck said. Jinx isn't the sort of person that anyone knows, except her wife, I mean. Lady Light probably knows Jinx better than Jinx knows Jinx. Hmm. Sounds like a fine union, then, Rana quipped. Yeah, sort of, Chuck said. Sort of? Well, if you ask me, I think Lady Light might be the only one in Zon who's crazier than Jinx, Chuck said. But, uh, please don't tell anyone I said that. My lips are sealed, Rana replied with a laugh, then said. But I've always wanted to meet her, this Lady Light, I mean. We can visit the Windchime Palace later if you want. That's where she spends a lot of her time when she isn't with Jinx. The local temple of Janna? Rana asked. The same? Is she one of the faithful? 
<laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Then why? It's just where most people gather, Chuck replied. They moved through the growing township, and Chuck felt an odd sort of pride about it. This was his home now, and strangely, it felt more like home than Noxus ever had. There he had been a non-entity, just a tiny cog in the Noxian war machine. He doubted that anyone at the Ducateau Manor House had even known his name. Most likely, he had been listed as dead whether or not they ever turned up a body. It was easier that way. His old name was left behind anyhow. Here he was Chuck, and that suited him just fine. It was a perfectly ordinary name for a perfectly ordinary person. You hungry? he asked. Starving, Rana said, flashing her sharp teeth at him. That probably shouldn't have been as attractive as it was, and Chuck wasn't sure what that said about him as a person. He resolved not to think too hard on it, though. Instead, he led her through the milling crowds of people, past the various scrap and work sites where Jinx had marked some part of Billowa's infrastructure to be torn up so she could fix the plumbing, whatever that meant. One more thing that Chuck resolved not to think too hard about, it did not do to dwell too much on whatever it was that Jinx got up to when she was bored, he had found. He led Rana into the open market square and found himself smiling up at her as she stared around in naked wonder. Zahn was, by its nature, a dark place, and not just due to the limited lighting situation, Zahn was a place of death or else a place of survival at any cost. It wasn't the sort of place where joy was found in any great quantity, and it was a city whose sense of humor dwelled more at the gallows than anywhere else. Not here, though. In Billowa, something had shifted. There was color, there was life, and more importantly, there was laughter. The town square was strung with wires beaded with all manner of lights in blues, pinks, and golds to honor the town's saviors. Chuck had learned, upon moving in and asking about the town's odd devotion to Jinx, that she had actually saved it. It and every single man, woman, and child who lived there would have been washed away in a disaster they called a sumpfall, were it not for Jinx blowing up a major piece of Piltoven infrastructure. These people had loved Jinx, her and her wife. Jinx and Lux had become everything to these people because they had saved everything, and what's more, they hadn't asked for anything. That had baffled Chuck at first, and later on, he realized that it had baffled the people, too. In Zahn, nothing was free because everything was used. So when someone does something kind and they don't ask for something, it's natural to assume they have an angle. But what kind of angle could a person have when they do something like that? Something like saving an entire town and every soul in it? What angle could there possibly be? I've never seen anything like this in Zon before, Rana said softly as she looked around. It's like a festival. Chuck! An older woman named Tula tottered up to him out of the crowd, her old prosthetic legs clicking with every step. Piltover had taken her real ones in a foundry accident a few years ago and given her cheap, rusted hand-me-downs in payment. How are you, boy? I'm all right, Tula. How are the legs? Uh, better than ever, she said warmly. And who's this pretty thing with you? I knew you had someone, boy. You're too nice not to. Tula, please. Chuck said with a weak smile while Rana looked on, grinning. This is my... my friend. Rana, she works with me. Hmm. Is that right? Tua turned to Rana and said, 
You better keep an eye on this one, though. He's too good for this city. Liable to be snapped up. And treat him right you here. Or Miss Jinx will have more than words with you. He's safe with me, Miss Dula. I assure you, Rana said with a laugh. Good. Now this old crone has got places to be. Lady Light, watch over you both. She waved dismissively as she continued to totter on her way. Lady Light, watch over you, Tula, Chuck called back. He looked to Rana, who had an eyebrow crooked up. What happened to Janna keep you? Or has her faith fallen out of favor here? No, n not exactly, Chuck said as he led Rana out of the crowd. Just that Lady Light, she's more present. And she does watch over us in a way. What way? Chuck shrugged. I don't know. I think to her, we belong to Jinx, and so she takes care of us. She recharges Hextech batteries and protects the weak and the injured. He looked up out towards the home that he knew Jinx shared with her. She brings light to the darkness of Zon, so the town honors her with more light. You make her sound like some kind of demigod. I'm starting to wonder, Chuck admitted. I mean, to someone like me, she might as well be, right? Hmm. I suppose so, Rana replied. Now, uh, food! Chuck shouldered through the crowd and dragged Rana into a line that wove between several tables that had been set out near a local tumble of food carts. At the center was a hefty Salaki man named Jericho, who it was widely agreed made the best Zonite street food in any ward or district of Zon. The air was filled with the greasy smell of spiced meat, and Chuck licked his lips as his stomach rumbled in answer to the excellent smells. The line moved quickly, more a testament to Jericho's skill with a knife and pan than anything else, and soon they were in front of the big man himself. Two Ripperfin fillet bowls, please, Chuck said. Jericho rumbled out something affirmative in Gutlau which Chuck did not understand. Even after months, he had yet to really pick up even the basics of the language. Rana, fortunately, replied in kind, and soon they were talking like old friends, or at least Chuck thought they were. It was a little hard to tell with the Salaki. Their facial expressions were different from humans, something about how the muscles were seated differently around the face. Either way, the two of them shared a laugh after a few exchanges, and Chuck took that as a good sign. For all he knew, they knew each other. Jericho seems to know everybody. Two bowls of lightly fried fish fillet covered in a thin, tangy golden sauce were set in front of him, and Chuck and Rana both scooped them up gratefully before heading to an empty table. The food was as good as it ever was. Something about the nature of eating something freshly cooked outside under the lights of Biloa made it taste all the better. Mm, this is amazing, Rana said through a mouthful of fish. Right? Chuck asked, laughing through his slightly smaller bite. Jericho's a national treasure. Jericho, I've heard that name here and there, Rana said. Never got to meet the man till now. But I can see why people think highly of him. Speaking of which, when are you going to learn Gatlau? It's not that hard. I beg to differ. Chuck said dryly as he took another bite. I don't know. Whenever I find the time, I guess. I'm not exactly our teacher. I don't have many friends, and I can't just ask Jinx to Ask me what? Chuck narrowly avoided sucking down half a fillet into his windpipe while Rana practically leapt out of her chair, then began choking on her own too big mouthful of fish. When Chuck had sat down, 
Ron had taken the chair to his left. The other chairs had been empty. They had remained empty. They had stayed that way right up until Jinx had seemingly appeared in the one directly to his right. There had been no sound and no warning. One moment the chair had been empty, and then suddenly she was just there. Jinx! Chuck gasped out as he finally managed to swallow his latest bite of food. Ronan was still quietly choking to death beside him. What, uh, what are you doing here? What? Can't I just check up on my good buddy, Chuck? Jinx asked with that unsettling rictus grin of hers slashed across her face. I, I guess that- Hey, taste this for me. I know it. Chuck looked down at the small glass vessel she was holding out underneath his nose, and there was a subtle, sour scent that he recognized. Is this... Chuck looked up at Jinx questioningly. It's either lemon curds, Jinx said, or it's lemon-scented industrial lubricant. Oh, good, Chuck said flatly. Well, bottoms up. He dipped a finger cautiously into the yellow mixture and then stuck it into his mouth. Huh, he muttered. That's actually lemon curds. Perfect. Now I don't have to throw anyone else off a cliff. I'm starting to run out of fresh cliffs. And you know I hate to repeat myself, Jinx said. Yeah, that's totally understandable and completely normal, Chuck said, nodding. That's what I said, Jinx laughed and thumped her fist against Chuck's shoulder. So on, she leaned back and looked at Rana. Who's Shrek Lady? Jinx. <sighs> Chuck hung his head, gave Rana an apologetic look, then said, This is my friend Rana. She works over at Glask Industries with me. Oh, yeah? And then she moved. When Jinx moved, really moved, it was something that the eye just didn't follow, not couldn't, didn't. If Chuck had to compare it to anything, it would be like trying to track a fly or a mosquito with your eyes. You could do it for a moment, but then it would just move. One moment it would be right in front of you, and then it would be gone, and you'd be stuck swiveling your head, looking for it again. That was how Jinx moved. And suddenly she was in between Chuck and Rana, and directly in Rana's face, and she wilted back in wide-eyed terror, her long, frilled ears pinning back against her skull as Jinx leaned closer. You're not taking my boy Chuck for a ride, are you? Jinx asked. Says, uh, I still got a few fresh cliffs somewhere around here. I, I, uh, Rana stammered. Jinx! Chuck put a hand on her shoulder and pulled, and Jinx allowed herself to be dragged back. She turned and met his eyes, and a shiver ran down his spine. There was something deeply unearthly about those eyes of hers. Jinx, please, Rana is one of my only friends, and she's had plenty of opportunities to hurt me, okay? She's been good to me. Jinx's expression softened. Then she nodded, patted Chuck on the head, and said, Why didn't you say so? Jinx turned back to Rana and clapped a hand on her shoulder. If Chuck says you're all right, then you're all right. And I like people who are all right. And any friend of Chuck's is a friend of mine. You should come live in Billowa. Well, I actually have a... You should come and live in Billowa. Jinx repeated with the exact same inflection, tone, cadence, and facial expression. Rana flicked her gaze wordly over Jinx's shoulder to Chuck, who was just nodding silently and frantically. That, uh, sounds good to me, Rhonda said, looking back at Jinx. Neat, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows this chick who can break into pretty much anywhere. Long ago your shit moved over. <laughs> Thanks, 
Rana said. Not problem. Jinx turned back to Chuck and held up the curds. One more question. Yeah, Chuck asked. What do you do with lemon curds? I uh, put, put them on toast? Toast, right. Jinx looked down at the curds, then nodded. Gotta find toast. Then she got up, turned, and walked quietly away, and Chuck massaged the bridge of his nose as he caught his breath. Truthfully, he did actually like Jinx, but she was... a lot. I'm really sorry about that, Chuck said, looking back up. I'll talk to her. You don't have to... Rana? You okay? Rana was shaking. She hadn't moved from where she'd been staring into Jinx's eyes, and her pseudo-scaled skin had an odd pallor to it. She sat back in her chair, let out a slow, trembling breath, and then nodded. You sure? he asked, reaching out and laying a hand over hers. Seriously, you, you don't have to move here. I'll talk to Jinx. Rana shook her head. No, it's... I don't think I'd mind. She looked up and around them. Living here, I mean, it's nicer than where I live. Really? Really, she said, giving a weak smile. Can I ask, though, how do you do that? Do what? Look at her, Rana said. In the eye, I mean. You just looked her in the eye like it was nothing. It's just Jinx, Chuck said. Again, Rana shook her head harder this time. No, that... Uh, that was not a normal person, no just anything. That was a predator. I looked her in the eye and it was like... like staring into one of the great black eyes of a dragon shark. Like looking at something so much bigger and deadlier than me that I just... I just couldn't move. Chuck shrugged and said, I mean, I'm not going to say she's normal, because she's not, but she's... I don't know, I was stuck in a skiff with her for five days. You get used to someone pretty quick like that, I guess. I think my heart would have given out if I had tried to do that, Rana said softly. Then she turns to him, and there was something new in those yellow-pinned eyes of hers. Rana? She turned away and quickly set to her food with a will, and Chuck awkwardly looked back to his own meal, finishing it with the ease and practice of a servant who was never given more than a few moments at a time to tend to their own needs. When he looked up, he found Rana's seat empty, and he turned back to find her at one of the other stalls, making an order. A moment later, she returned, clutching a large bottle of some local liquor in her right hand. What's that for? Chuck asked with a laugh. For us, Rana said. Well, I'm not going to turn down free booze, he replied with a smile that Rana returned as she held out her other hand, and Chuck quickly wiped his own clean before taking it and letting her lever him to his feet. They made their way out of the confines of the food cart tables, and Chuck started walking them towards his small home near the center of town. The walk was spent in silence with Rana wearing a pensive expression on her face the whole time, she was deep in thought. That much was obvious, and Chuck couldn't bring himself to break through the quiet. When they finally reached his door, Chuck drew out the key, unlocked it, and as he pushed it open, he turned to Rana and said, I hope you don't mind, it's a bit of a mess. 
Rana looked down at the bottle, then transferred it to her left hand, reached out with her right, captured Chuck by the back of his neck, and pulled him into a crushing kiss that tasted of street food, sea salt, and something oddly sweet. As she drew back, she smiled and said, Trust me, I don't mind, before walking past him. Chuck stared after her, poleaxed, then licked his lips, decided that he was very glad that he had followed Jinx all the way to Zaun, and followed after her. Noxus could rot for all he cared. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.